Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Coming up on this edition of the podcast, my special guest will be Jeff Allen. That's right, I'll be here to talk about the state of Orlando sports. We'll go over the teams, the events, and kind of give you my thoughts on where we stand on the sports landscape. But first, some other items. Boy, the National Football League. You know, we're about to hit March Madness, and, you know, the NBA is starting to wind down the regular season, but the NFL, by gosh, they come in and they take all the headlines (laughs) as the juggernaut year-round machine continues. Odell Beckham Jr. traded from the Giants to the Cleveland Browns. And couple high draft picks involved. Jabil Peppers moving from the Browns to the Giants in return. Cleveland is paying a lot for OBJ. So you can take a couple of things out of that. First of all, the Browns are going all in on trying to make that next step of being a playoff team. So can't fault them for that. Yeah, after years of being a, the laughing stock of the league, They got things turned around last year, and they seem to be on the rise. We'll see how things work out. But here's the interesting scenario. I want to see how this works out, because you know he's going to. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to get upset because he's not getting targeted enough. And I want to see how that plays out with Baker Mayfield. Because I, personally, I think Baker Mayfield's got the stones to uh, tell him to shut the bleep up and play ball. And Mr. Beckham has been known for his tirades and uh, immature behavior. And that will uh, that will be a interesting scenario. And the other thing that's the unknown here was Cleveland's resurgence last year because of Greg Williams. Or, because of the offensive coordinator, Freddie Kitchens, who's now the head coach. They opted to go with Kitchens and not Williams. So we'll see. We'll know for sure now who is more responsible for getting the Browns back on their upward roll. While we talk about diva-wide receivers, Antonio Brown to the L.A. Raiders. Steelers didn't get nearly the same. And here's the interesting part about the Raiders. They essentially have, over the last year, swapped out Amari Cooper for Antonio Brown. Now, I'm not saying Amari Cooper is as good as Antonio Brown has been, but he's a younger player. He thrived with his move to Dallas. Antonio Brown's now on the backside of his career, and he's going to a team that is not as good as the Steelers. He may get a lot of targets, but his surrounding cast is nowhere near as good. Derek Carr is a pretty good young quarterback, but he's not Ben Roethlisberger. And he won't have the Le'Veon Bell ground game. Bell going to the Jets, by the way, on a free agent deal. (laughs) The diva wide receivers are certainly uh, (laughs) interesting to follow, and we'll see what kind of headlines come out of Oakland, soon-to-be Las Vegas, with Antonio Brown. Nick Foles, now official with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Blake Bortles has been released, so his era is over. And I said it many, many times. 
the Jaguars did no favors to Bortles, throwing him in his rookie season. They were going to sit him. He was supposed to sit behind Chad Henney for the year and and get grounded. But they pulled the panic button, and you throw a young rookie quarterback with no offensive line. You know, they destroyed Blaine Gabbert, and he kind of <laughs> it took him some several years to kind of get himself situated just to be a backup. But they did Bortles no favors. We'll see where he lands. He could be a good backup for an experienced t- uh, team that uh, uh, could be, you know, on the cusp of the playoffs or a playoff contender. He'd be a good uh, candidate to fill one of those roles. Let's turn now to college basketball. The UCF Knights will play in the American Athletic Conference Tournament on Friday. They among the top four seeds in the conference, along with Temple, Houston, and Cincinnati. The Knights will get the first round bye, but they'll get the winner of Memphis and Tulane. Most likely it's going to be Memphis, I would say. More likely than not. That's my uh, cat, Reddy, introducing himself to the podcast audience. (laughs) Be quiet, buddy. Um... Where was I? Yeah, anyway. So the Knights will most likely face Memphis. Memphis has home court advantage. Tournament's in their building. And they are a different team at the FedEx Forum. They're not so good on the road, but at home they are among the best. And that will be a big challenge for the Knights. They lost by 20 to the Tigers up there. Knights defeated Memphis down here. So a rubber match likely. Unless Tulane's Pull some dramatic upset and renders that all a moot point. Speaking of the the conference, Jaron Cumberland of Cincinnati was named the player of the year. What? Ah, he's a pretty good player. But he is no Corey Davis Jr., the Cougars guard who totally destroyed the Bearcats on Sunday. Uh, he by far, in a way, is the best player in this in this conference. So I'm not sure how that play played out, but uh, definitely they missed the target on that one. UCF's women's team, you know, they'll be going to the big dance as well this year. They uh, got another matchup with UConn as the second seed, playing the top seeded Huskies in the. AAC Women's Championship Final. It was yet another rousing defeat for the Knights at the hands of the legendary basketball program. So what do we learn from that? You know, each game UCF has played against them, they've managed to bring the the the, the deficit of the final score a little bit closer. But Really still not much of a moral victory, you know, and and nothing to be ashamed of with that because basically UConn against everybody else in the conference and everybody else they play except maybe some of the other top programs in the country. It's like watching high schoolers play sixth graders. It's tough going in with that monumental hill to uh, to uh, to climb. But then it uh, got a little bit interesting at the end of the game. Uh, I thought it was interesting that uh, uh, the Knights were playing hard. Even in the last minute, 
UConn's still up big. Gina Ariema got upset at Katie Abramson. Abramson. <laughs> Let me try that again. That's Katie Abrahamson Henderson for her team running a trap. About 48 seconds left in the game. Okay. Both teams have their subs in. So the subs want to play hard. They're getting their chance. And Ariema gets all bent out of shape about that. And it's like, you know what, dude, relax. Just because they didn't bow at the feet of the master. And what you wanted to see how the game end. Tough. <laughs> I I was just totally turned off by that. And he was uh, pretty snarky in the uh, handshake line with her as well. So Coach Abe, hey, you know what? Keep on doing what you're doing. You know, I don't see Ariama, you know, uh, you know, letting off the gas when he's beating people, beating teams by 60 points. But no, just because somebody happened to do it the way he didn't think it should be done, he had to get all snarly about it. Well, you know, the UConn invitation will be on once again, although they have lost the championship now twice recently. And the Knights are in, likely as a 10 seed. Hopefully they'll have some success. Maybe they'll get another shot at UConn. Not saying they'll win, but I'd like to see uh, them go with go at them with a little bit of fire. That would be pretty darn cool. As we uh, fast approach the big dance, boy, it is March Madness. Lots of great tournaments going on. And you'll get a lot of one seed versus two seeds in the conference championship games, which is great. I mean, it's it's uh, it's kind of minimizing the 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 Cinderellas a little bit, but that's okay. Now, I think Lipskin, who lost to Liberty in the Atlantic Sun, and Belmont, who lost to Murray State in the OVC, I think both those teams should get in. Whether they do, that's still up for debate, but. Wouldn't you rather see these teams instead of the 8th and ninth best teams from the ACC, like a Clemson or Indiana in the Big Ten? I for certainly one would. And I know the ACC and the Big Ten and, and whatnot are, are, are big conferences and very deep. But the middle of the pack of those conferences, you can't tell me, are better than some of these uh, second-place teams in conference tournament play. So hopefully, that will work out. So now let's talk about LSU and the Will Wade suspension. So their coach has been revealed to have been Offering money for Javante Smart on a wiretap. Okay, that's not good. LSU's athletic director, Joe Oliva, suspends the coach because of this. And the LSU fans go absolutely nuts over this. And it's kind of disgusting. 
Because what is the AD supposed to do when the guy is caught in the act? But they're acting like this is some injustice. And whether you agree whether payers, players should be paid or not is, you know, that's another argument another day. The rules are the rules. And, you know, they're holding up signs, you know, free will Wade. Oh, poor us. We're being persecuted. And they're booing the AD. Come on, guys. You know, I like to think, you know, as diehard a fan I am of my teams, that I I like to think I sensibly will still look at situations and it's not always, oh, it's always them against us. And that you actually see what reality what reality is. Got me scratching my head. <laughs> That's for sure. And it almost reminds me, well, it does remind me of all the fervor about Urban Meyer. We call this a segue because Urban Meyer is back on TV. Fox Sports has brought him on to be one of the analysts on their new pregame show that will air on the big Fox before college football as their New challenge to ESPN's College Game Day. Why would you do this? One, he wasn't that compelling as an analyst when he was working for ESPN in between gigs before. Two, his act of lying and covering up and just being a plain, a plain jerk. I just don't get it. And my point being on the LSU comparison, you know, the Ohio State fans were all, you know, feeling all persecuted because they're picking on poor Urban Meyer. Well, poor Urban Meyer brought that crap on himself. And Fox has decided to make, you know, maybe they're going for the lightning ride reaction. But I don't know. Giving this guy the limelight. Something that just kind of turns my stomach. Well, as promised, we talk about the state of Orlando sports. So I'm going to run down the list of teams, collegiate professionally, semi-professionally. Also, some of the marquee events in our area. Kind of give you my thoughts on where we stand as a sports market, where they are concerned. My hope is in a future podcast to get some guests on to have them give me their evaluations as well. Just to hear some other opinions. And I'd be curious as to if people think like I do or if I'm completely out on an island by myself. (laughs) Sometimes, Sometimes it might be the latter. But let's get to it. UCF. And we can, we're not going to cover every program they have. But, boy, the athletic director, Danny White, everything he touches is the Midas touch, turns to gold. All the coaching changes he has made, those programs have arisen and have become, if not champions, championship contenders. You can talk about women and men's soccer. You can talk about uh, baseball. You can talk about the women's basketball team, which we mentioned earlier. They're now NCAA tournament bound. The men's program, 
NCAA tournament about getting about to land their first at-large bid, not having to get in by a, uh, winning in a conference tournament. And there's a little something that we call UCF football, a 25-game win streak, two consecutive New Year's Day bowl games, a national championship. The Kali Matrix said so. <laughs> and we proclaimed it, by gosh. UCF, to me, is the king of the, of the sports landscape right now, primarily because of football. But now basketball starting to make that uh, make that dent into the landscape too. Speaking of basketball, the Orlando Magic, we have well documented how bad the last several years have been, and I forget what number reboot we are on now. But Jeff Weltman in charge. You know, he's a longtime executive. Did great things in Milwaukee. Has tremendous track record. It looks like he's making some headway with this team. Steve Clifford, not a sexy hire by any stretch, but a hard-nosed defensive-minded coach. has got this team playing hard. Got some excellent talent. Nikola Vucevic, Vukovic has uh, become a, uh, the, the MVP of the team. But you have Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, and others as a team that is fighting desperately for the eighth spot in the Eastern Conference for the NBA playoffs. Next couple of weeks are critical. We'll see what they can do. They haven't been playing as well of late. They came out of the All-Star break pretty, pretty good, but have kind of struggled a bit. But at least we're talking about them in March as opposed to have already figured out all right, who's our draft pick going to be? The Orlando Apollos, the new kid on the block as part of the Alliance of American Football. The head ball coach, Steve Spurrier, has got them undefeated 5-0. and Right now sitting as the best team in the league. They certainly have the most advanced offense. You knew Spurrier would bring something to the table there. The defense has been pretty good, too. They actually are a scoring defense. And right now they are setting the standard and grading out very well in their first season. Attendance, a bit of a struggle. I don't know if the attendance will be much great. I would think it would be a little bit greater if they were at Camping World Stadium and not out at Spectrum Stadium at UCF. But, you know, you get why they're playing there. And hopefully the, the league will last. That's going to be the telling part of of this, if they can truly be the developmental league, and now there's, there's talk that they are having conversations with the NFL about getting some allocated players, which I would also think the NFL would help pony up a little bit of money. It'll be interesting to see. And so far, I think the league's uh, you know, put out a decent product for what they are. It's just a notch above college with a lot of guys who are on the fringe of and it being being NFL players. We turn to Orlando City Soccer. Well, this year has been a tough start. Only two points on the books. Lost a, well, sometimes I can consider ties to be a loss, but a tie in the home opener. They got down 2 nothing. They rallied back to at least tie the game. But then they had Chicago... On the road last weekend in their grasp, 
a man up, one nothing, let a golden opportunity to get the second goal get away. And then they just did not possess the ball and just let Chicago hang around and hang around, and they finally equalized it just in the nick of time before the extra time ran out. You know, James O'Connor is a, you know, he is a definite, you know, uh, a favorite of Orlando City fans from his USL days. He did well with Louisville, their their farm system team. And, you know, he's stepped into a tough situation because I don't think they've acquired the very best talent. You know, Dom Dwyer is 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 definitely a, a top flight player, but you can't always count on him being healthy. Nani is here, but you know how motivated. You know he can dominate if he's motivated because his skill level is much higher than what MLS level is. But at one point, Orlando City Soccer was at the top of the landscape as they took their MLS induction and and had 60,000 plus at the first game. And they had the fervor and great fan support. And you saw Orlando City magnets everywhere. But that uh, little bright light has faded a bit. And we'll see if they can get it going. One thing about the MLS, it is a very long season. So they have their opportunity. The Orlando Pride, the sister club, Tom Sermani out as coach, Mark Skinner is in, a team that, based on their collective talent level of having Alex Morgan, Marta, Ali Krieger, among others, is a hugely underachieving team in the NWLS. We'll see if the coaching change is able to rectify the underachieving. We look at hockey, and I'm not going to say a whole lot here because I really can't give you a lot on the Orlando Solar Bears. From the East Coast Hockey League, top four make the playoffs right now. They're number two in the South, the top four in each division, I should say, make the playoffs. Number two in the South, so right now they're in pretty good position to be in the playoffs. But I can't really say I follow the Solar Bears with uh, <laughs> very much at all. They don't get much coverage locally. But we hope they win. The Orlando Predators. Arena football back in Orlando after a year hiatus. They took the year off. The league really lacked credibility last year. Four teams. And the worst one, the Washington franchise, won the title. You know, arena football was rocking in the 90s. In early 2000s, the Preds were... Annual contenders, won some championships. But I also think arena football has gotten away from, they're not, they don't have these, I know it was founded a lot on two-way players, guys playing both offense and defense, but I think they've specialized it a little bit more now. I thought it was a better game when that two-way aspect was part of it. Let's turn to some of the events of note. How about the college bowl games? So Florida Citrus Sports, they do an amazing job every year. They have the Camping World Bowl, 
which has really become a a, 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 a a nice bowl game during bowl week between Christmas and New Year's. And the Florida Citrus Bowl is probably the top bowl outside of the New Year's Six. And always get some tremendous Big Ten SEC matchups. So they grade out very high on the list. The Cure Bowl still, you know, having played for, for just a few years, still trying to gain footing. The fact that they do so much for breast cancer research is a tremendous thing. They're hindered a little bit by, by their matchups. They at least got a boost when UCF was in the game. You know, with the Conference USA and uh, and the American teams that are slated to go to that level of the bowl. And they're also one of the, among the first bowl games in the schedule in mid-December, so it might get a little lost in there as the holidays are getting underway and whatnot, but any game that we have is a good game, right? It's football. Getting back to Florida Citrus Sports, they had landed the NFL Pro Bowl for a three-year run. Last couple years have been a little bit uh, hindered by rainfall, but you know my thoughts about the Pro Bowl. Honestly, probably should be scrapped, but I get why they're trying to keep it alive. They're trying to you know, use it as a marketing tool and, and let people see the stars of the National Football League. But it really isn't a game. We'll see if Orlando can re-up the contract and get more games here. There has been some talk they might go back to the next Super Bowl city and play it there. Because they did that before in Miami. But I'd be willing to wager. I will bet a lot of dollars on it. You might see a run going here. That game eventually will get some run in Las Vegas, the home, the future home of the Raiders, because it is a destination city, much like Orlando. So I could see that taking place. Bay Hill, which we just had a tremendous finish with the tournament this past weekend, Francesco Molinari winning the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Shooting a 64 on the final day. Was the leader in the clubhouse for almost two hours. And Molinari, I got to talk about him a little bit. You know, defending British Open champ and was just a stone-cold player for the Europeans in the Ryder Cup. Bay Hill has always been amazing because of the late great Arnold Palmer. He's the guy that turned the old Florida Citrus Open into a great golf tournament. His connections brought all the great stars here. And we hope that this continues to be a long-term memoriam to Arnold Palmer and his legacy, not just as a golfer, but as a humanitarian. And that players will continue to honor him, the top flight players, by playing in this tournament every year. And although this event doesn't take place in the Metro Orlando area, it is in the viewing area. The Daytona 500, and to some extent, it's the little brother, the whatever sponsor of the 
400 race on the 4th of July. I wish they'd just call the Firecracker 400. Come on. As I mentioned, after the Daytona 500, NASCAR's problems are with these green-white checkered finishes. The race is marred by tons of stoppage in the last 10 laps. But as an event, it still is a big draw. It is the Super Bowl of stock car racing. And the fans will turn out for that. Well, let me know what you think. Tell me where I'm right. Tell me where I'm off on some of these thoughts about the state of Orlando sports. Jeff Allen Sports Talk at gmail.com is the address. I'll read those back as we go through future podcasts. And again, I'm looking to try to uh, get down a guest or two to uh, give me some of their opinions on the state of Orlando sports because I'm definitely interested to hear the feedback. And uh, we look forward to Friday. UCF in the AAC tournament. I think they're still a lock for making the big dance, but another victory or two certainly does not hurt that. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. It's made from the finest ingredients so it stops itching, heals hot spots, and painful inflamed skin. Kramer's Salve contains a proprietary blend of neem, an ingredient known for its healing properties. A 4-ounce 6-month supply, including shipping, is just $30, and the 2-ounce 3-month supply, including shipping, is only $20. Help your dog in the itch and hot spot cycle. Order today at KramerSalve.net. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E. LVE.net.